celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Oh, we have a big show for you today. It is the beginning of our five-week Super Zoo special. We're checking out all the brand-new gadgets and items that are at Super Zoo in Las Vegas. And we'll have giveaways of all of these items. This hour, something very special for your big dog. I guess big it, could be, dog. it could be for a small dog, too, but I'm thinking nah, more of a big, big dog, dog on this one. Yeah. Uh, so you want to stick around for that. Also, a very serious topic. Uh, Dr. Debbie, I want you to be honest with me. Have you what? ever contemplated suicide? Yeah, you know what? I can't say I ever have in my professional life at all. Um, but there's been some really dark times, some really difficult things from employee issues, business issues to just the stressors from working so close with the public and, you know, an emotional situation. But, um, you know, I can't say I have, but I, I know a lot of colleagues and I know people within my own uh, city who have taken their life within the veterinary profession. Um, Odds are pretty, they're amazing. I guess uh, one in six veterinarians may have actually considered suicide. And uh, I mean, you hear Dr. Debbie and she just always sounds cheery to Mm -hmm. me. She's always upbeat upbeat and cheery. Mm -hmm. So the the whole concept is kind of strange to me. Uh, But we're going to talk to a doctor. She's a licensed social worker at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. Uh, And she has studied this particular phenomenon of veterinarians that are taking their lives at a rate four times the general population. Have you even heard of this, Dr. Debbie? Yeah, no, actually, this is something that, you know, I've been to some recent conferences where this is actually right on the on the, on the the topic list um, because, you know, it used to be the dirty little secret that veterinarians didn't even want to talk about. But I think now there's an increasing um, awareness and a willingness of the profession to actually look at, you know, just your overall wellness and, you know, your life balance and, and how that can reflect and putting more stress on, on you as a person, not just as a veterinarian, because we all have stress. We all need to know how to better deal with that. Um, there are some professions, I think, where the demands are so high, you know, physicians, veterinarians, things where there's lives in your hands, where that is just such an added and enormous stress that it's, it's sometimes hard to leave that behind when you go home. Yeah. Well, in your profession, a lot of people think, oh, they're dealing with animals all day. Kittens must and be, puppies. Must be fun. fun. But and the reality is that you're dealing with sick animals. I mean, the people that show yeah. up at your doorstep have issues with their animals already. And that's uh, got to be overbearing. Yeah, well, it, it is. It's very difficult because the, um, you know, everyone wants their pets to be well. And sometimes, you know, you throw in other factors, you know, people may not have all the resources financially that, that would need to be utilized to, to get the answers or to help the pet. And then sometimes we can't even do enough. You know, I can just say sometimes I can't save your pet. And that's a hard pill for some folks to, to swallow and to really accept. And there's a lot of backlash sometimes, I think, that veterinary professionals receive from sure. some of these situations. Sure. Yeah, and sometimes people bring the pet to you when it's too late. If they had brought it in earlier and then they expect you to save it at the last minute when all it would re- have required was them to bring it in months ago. It's just a, it's a, it's a high-pressure job. Mm-hmm. And when I was 13, I wanted to be a veterinarian, and then I realized that there's blood involved. And <laughs> I pass out at the sight of blood. Uh, yeah. so we're going to talk to this lady, uh, this amazing doctor, in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. But first, we're going to talk to you about your animals toll-free at 1-866-405-8405. And before we hit line three, let's find out what's going to be happening in the newsroom in just a few minutes. Lori? Well- uh, Amazon.com is uh, forking over some money. They've invested uh, in a guy to have a study done 
he's a futurologist, isn't that a cool job title, on what it would take to get a device ready for market that would translate the barks and meows of dogs and cats. <laughs> oh, I don't know if cool. I want to know what my, my cats <laughs> say. Sure you do. I already have an idea what my cat's saying to me. So, uh, But they, they have some things on the market now, but they're just all like games, you know. They, right. They, they, they're not real serious. But yeah, you're talk- this right. guy's talking about the serious stuff. The science behind yes. it. Yes. Okay. Right. That's on the way right here on Animal Radio. Let's go to line three. Hi, Susie. Did you want to talk to Dr. Debbie? Yes. She's right here. Wonderful. Hi, Dr. Well, hi. Debbie. What can I help you with there? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little concerned about my cat, Brownie. Um, he, he doesn't eat enough. I had him to the vet back in February and March, and they treated him for fleas and ran tests on him, but uh, they just said, well, I said, he's, you know, he's not eating enough. And then, of course, after the flea treatment, he, he just laid around and didn't, didn't feel so hot after that and didn't want to eat too much. But this uh, last couple of weeks, he's just been very, very picky. And uh, I even tried some of the... Uh, uh, Red Barn that you advertise on the radio show, and and he won't eat any of those cans. And mm-hmm. he has been used to fancy feast and treats. And this morning he finally took one bite of fancy feast gravy lovers. And That's not much. He had yeah, and he, and he had some um, temptation treats called mix-ups and in the past i even had somebody go to petco and get blue buffalo and the canned and the dry and Mm. he wouldn't eat any of that and it had sweet potato in it i've heard that's not too good for pets sweet potato they seem to be putting it in a lot of things lately but, All right, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna interrupt you and go out on a limb here. I don't think it's gonna matter one hoot what kind of food you bring home right now. What you're describing is a kitty who really is not interested in food in general. And, and, and it's not typically in these situations a problem of I haven't found the right diet for my cat. I really am worried that your cat is sick and I want to hear more about what other things might be going on. Are we doing any kind of vomiting or having diarrhea? Um, anything of that nature? Uh, well, some, Sometimes he uh, has a fur ball, uh, you know, throws that up, and once in a while he acts like he might vomit but doesn't go, ah, uh, you mm-hmm. know. And okay. uh, he also, I thought, his urine was a little dark. I told the vet that in the, mm-hmm. in the litter box, you know. And okay. I, I never got to meet the vet. I only got to talk to him on the phone. They don't let you go back to the examining rooms. They just leave your okay. pet off. And oh. uh, so I'm, I'm concerned. So back then he said he gave him an antibiotic. Shot. Okay. Well, it, you know, obviously I can't see your pet. And how old is your kitty? He's between 12 and 14. He's dark chocolate brown, has okay. yellow eyes. Oh. Sounds he's gorgeous, but sweet sweetheart, and, oh. and maybe he's depressed like I am because we lost my husband in February. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Uh, well, thank yeah. you. 
Okay. Well, so in that age group of kitty, you know, there there are definitely some things that I would be very strong. I, I feel very strongly that we would need to test for for me to give you the answers to what is causing him to not eat well. But there are several things in a senior kitty, 12 to 14 years of age, is the senior kitty. Um, so there are things that we can look at to see what might be causing him to not eat. And, and kitties will check things like um, their thyroid level, because they can have hyperthyroidism, which can cause them to drop weight. They can have problems with kidney disease. Um, sometimes it's chronic and it slowly develops, but it hits to a point where kind of it can make them very sick all at once. Um, other things like diabetes can cause a cat to lose a lot of weight. And then and there's other things like um, cancers and so forth. Um, but I would say if your vet hasn't done some basic lab work, that's the first place that I would look. Um, but a lot of what I do when, when I try to figure out why a cat isn't eating, um, it's kind of really to look at the cat from nose to tail. So we want to make sure the mouth looks good. We don't see any abscessed teeth. Um, we want to look, look at the gums to see if they look dehydrated or if they're any strange color or the gums are bleeding. And then we look at the belly, and a lot of times um, your veterinarian may be able to feel things that are unusual in the abdomen. So is the bladder enlarged or really small? Sometimes we can feel thickened intestinal loops, which can kind of give us concerns for some other conditions. Um, and then, you know, there, there's certainly other things. Are we dehydrated? Um, and there's different distinctive odors that can come with some of these t- types of conditions. So I think, you know, my, my suggestion would be is I would get on the horn to your veterinarian and say, hey, there is, you know, something. My kitty's still not eating. I need more information. I need some answers. And find out what they have ruled out so you, you can feel comfortable that your veterinarian has taken a good look at your kitty and answered the question so far. And then if we haven't pursued some of these tests, um, let, let's set up a priority list of what we need to do to, to get those answers for you. Because um, you're going to drive yourself crazy. I guarantee it. If you keep oh. going to the store trying to buy other food, you'll be, you know, wasting time and money on that avenue. And I would definitely say it'll be well worth it to get, a, you know, good relationship with your veterinarian and, and figure out some answers here. Well, I've never met him in person. He's sort of a mystery. They have <laughs> front and a door and nobody, you Aww. don't get to go in the door. It's just I, I'm going to make a suggestion for you, Susie. I'm going to make a yeah. suggestion that you find another veterinarian. Uh, because you want to have a great relationship with your veterinarian, you want to talk to them directly and ask the questions and make sure they're doing everything that uh, that they can for your little fur baby. So that would be my first suggestion. If you hold on, I might be able to help you with that. Well, Hal and Debbie, I appreciate this. And I should just write down that he should have more tests or something, kidney, bladder, tummy, urine, look at the gums. Run mm-hmm. blood tests. Uh, can you both hear me? Yep. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I want to do the right thing. And, and, you know, maybe he's getting retested for something he already been tested for because I don't know what he was tested for. Yeah. The lack yeah. of communication. Yeah, that's not good. Have... That's not good. You need to be able to communicate with your veterinarian. Hold on for one second, Susie. Toll free 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team right now. Don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Brilliant Pad, the world's first self-cleaning dog potty. It automatically replaces a soiled pad with a fresh one, so your home stays clean and odor-free. With Brilliant Pad, you never have to see, touch, or smell the yuck again. Learn more at BrilliantPad.com. And thanks, Brilliant Pad, for underwriting Animal Radio. I like no more yuck. Yeah, I was going to say, you can learn more. Just ask me. I use it all the time. Well, my dog uses it. (laughs) 
You use it, huh? I don't want to go all the way to the bathroom in the middle of the night. It's very convenient. This is Animal Radio, baby. Dogs gotta go potty. Sometimes work, traffic, or bad weather get in the way. Introducing Brilliant Pad, the self-cleaning potty pad that automatically replaces a soiled pad with a clean, fresh one. Brilliant Pad seals in waste, locks away odor, and is hands-off for weeks at a time. Then disposal is fast, easy, and clean. Brilliant Pad gives you freedom and flexibility and improves hygiene for you and your dog. So spend less time cleaning and more time loving. Go to BrilliantPad.com today. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. This is where we celebrate the connection with our pets. And if you're like us, you want your pet at any and all of your special events, perhaps your wedding, like them at your wedding. Let's say, hypothetically, I was to get married. Really, how? <laughs> Come on, ladies. You're kidding, right? <laughs> well, let's just say hypothetically. Okay. If, let's, it, if yeah. it was to happen, I would want my, uh, well, maybe Ladybug or my cats to deliver the ring uh, to the uh, to the altar. Ladybug would part, do it. I'm sure she would. Yeah. She could be trained to do that. Mm-hmm. But you know what? On your wedding day, you're just thinking of so many things. You're thinking about uh, the guests, uh, the food. Uh, you're thinking, geez, am I really marrying this person? <laughs> all, all these thoughts are going through your mind. The last thing you really want to do is deal with taking care of your pet. Mm-hmm. And that's where wedding concierge Kristen Hederick comes in. And she deals with the transportation of your pet, the grooming, uh, she she's a personal attendant. She deals with overnight accommodations. We're going to find out what being wow. a wedding concierge is all about in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. But first, let's uh, look on over to Lori Brooks in the in the in the Animal Radio newsroom. What are you doing over there? What do you got planned for us? Um, do you remember a story, guys, that we did a couple of months ago at least about the parrot who witnessed his dad's murder? Yes, oh, I do. Yeah. Uh huh. And then the the police came in and the parrots in his cage saying, "Don't blink and shoot," you yep, know. And yep. it was in his dad's, so big murder case. And they they have a verdict in the case, and we'll tell you how the parrot was involved and how they resolved everything. And if you're um, a comic fan of a certain cat, big musical around Christmas time is coming up, and we'll fill you in on all of the details. Okay, I cannot wait. Uh, but first, your calls. Uh, how Roro said he would marry you. Oh, that's nice. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five to reach out to Doctor Debbie. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by VetraScience. Just in case you didn't notice, summer is here. It's a great time of the year for all of us. But you got to wonder if the pets are having a good time. You know, for them it means thunderstorms, lightning, fireworks, all kinds of noises could make them really anxious. And no one likes to see their furry best friend anxious. That's where Composure Supplement Chews from VetraScience comes in. And let's go to the phones. Hey, Rossi, where are you calling from today? Uh, San Luis Obispo. Oh, just down the street. So, yeah. listening on KVEC, how can we help you today? Well, I've got a uh, 19-pound Patterdale Terrier. Wow. Eight years old. Okay. And he started developing sores between his toes, and now they've kind of spread to his pads and his uh, toenails. On all of his toes, or just the front versus the rear? Uh, it's front and back. Um, 
I've tried uh, antibiotics, and it worked until I ran out of antibiotics, and it came back. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm wondering if there's a long treatment for antibiotics that we can do, or I've tried soaking them in different solutions and hypoallergenic baths and stuff like that. Okay, and then what did your did your veterinarian um, do any kind of test, take any sample from the area? Uh, they said that they it's hard to get it from the area because in between the toes it's really sore and healing is, is tough. And uh, So, no, they haven't done that. They did suggest that, but it was close to $1,000. Yeah. Unfortunately, we can't really say that, you know, the antibiotics are going to be the solution to this problem because there's a lot of times with foot problems where we'll get secondary infection. So uh-huh. what you're describing isn't unusual. So some of those tests, you know, we may need to prioritize what works within a budget because it is going to be very important to figure out what kind of thing could be going on because there's several different things that really come to mind. And, and we can get bacterial infections. There can be mites. We can get funguses and then things like allergies and immune system problems. So there's a lot of different things that can play a role. I will tell you that when I have dogs that have what we call interdigital dermatitis, so sores between the toes, Uh they are among the most frustrating and the most chronic in nature if we don't get an accurate diagnosis from the get-go. So there are it's not unheard of for my clients to come in and they may come in and treat something like this, run the course of antibiotics, and then in three weeks they come back Um, because if we stop the course and don't do a follow-up or don't follow those uh, recommendations it it will often keep kind of coming and going coming and going so that initial investment in testing is painful but (laughs) i can tell you it's going to be well worth it in the long run well Um, and after the testing uh you know what what's the typical treatment after that more antibiotics or well it depends so i'm just kind of kind of zone into one particular diagnosis that um can be a problem and you said your doggy was a terrier or patterdale okay yeah. so they commonly can have a lot of different allergy driven problems which means okay. that we can get secondary things on top of that we can get mites we can get fungus we can get bacterial infections secondary to that so uh-huh. Sometimes it means we have to look into allergy testing or treatments for allergies. Um, but if we're dealing with, say, just a garden variety antibiotic responsive problem, we might need to treat for four to six weeks or more of continuous antibiotics. So this right. is where, when you talk about that, how does your veterinarian know if an antibiotic is going to work and if that four to six week of investment of antibiotics is worth it. And that's where I'm going back to that initial test, getting a sample culture or at least doing something we call cytology to look to see if we see bacteria there that will be uh-huh. um, picking a category of antibiotic that would be appropriate. So that's why I'm telling you that little bit of investment can really help. All right. I appreciate the call. Thank Thanks. You. Thanks, Rossi, for calling toll-free 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie. I'll let this summer be stressless for your pets with the help of composure from VetraScience. From Glycoflex to multivitamins, your pets will thank you for VetraScience su- supplements. Supplement? Supplements. And a big hats off to VetraScience for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405.
Those big, scary storms can be terrifying for your pet, and we know that when they're stressed, so are you. Take good care of your buddy with VetraScience Composure. VetraScience Composure helps ease anxiety for pets caused by storms, travel, and owner separation. It won't sedate them, and your pets will love the taste. Also, try our Glycoflex for hip and joint health, as well as multivitamins and probiotics. Find VetraScience supplements at your local pet store, Petco, or your vet. Learn more at VetraScience.com. Hi, this is Doug Gray of the Marshall Tucker Band, and forever you'll always be listening to Animal Radio. Keep loving those pets. Alan Cable, we're going to a birthday party. Louise Benito is 102 years old. We're just in time to listen to her blow the candles out on her cake. There. <laughs> Whoa. Blow it out. <laughs> Whoops, her teeth blew out. <laughs> There's something else really cool, watch. Don't let the drool fool you. No, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about your dog. Just how smart is he or she? Nat Geo just ran a three-part series called Is Your Dog a Genius? Now you can find out how smart your dog is, too. This one costs some money, but it's not much. Go to www.dognition.com. There are 20 games there designed by canine experts to gauge your dog's intelligence and his personality. To get the games, there's a one-time fee of $19. This is Animal Radio. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Hey, how many times have you thought, gee, I wish my pets could talk? Wouldn't that just be the dream? (laughs) Well, the next best thing could be less than a decade away, according to a report for Amazon.com that was co-authored by futurologist, isn't that a good title, Uh futurologist William Higgin of Next Big Thing. Higgin points to the work being done now by a professor of biological sciences at Northern Arizona University, and she has spent 30 years studying the behavior of just prairie dogs, and her work shows that prairie dogs have a pretty sophisticated communication system that really has all of the aspects of language. And she's found that they also have words, you know, prairie dog words for different species of predators that they see and that they can describe the color of clothing that a human is wearing or the coat, the hair coat of coyotes and dogs. So Higgum takes all this in. Now he is convinced that other animals can do the same. And he is currently attempting to raise money to develop a cat and dog language translation device. Amazon kind of already sells one device for cats that changes a human voice into a meow. But, you know, it's not, <laughs> not as cool as it would be to kind of think you know what they're saying. One other really cool thing that I learned from researching this story comes from a psychologist at Portsmouth University who works on interactions between dogs and humans. She's a little less optimistic that we will soon be able to decipher dog barks, mainly because she does not think that the way a dog woofs can be viewed as a language. What she thinks is that a dog's body language really is key. For example, I didn't know this. She says a right-sided tail wag is a positive movement, while a wag to the left side 
not so positive. Huh. Huh. Who knew? But what if they're left-tailed and not right-tailed? I mean, <laughs> then I guess it would be the opposite. <laughs> Interesting. Hey, stuff. we did a story a few months ago about a pet parrot who had witnessed his owner's murder, and now we find out that a woman in Michigan has been convicted of first-degree murder in that case for killing her husband, who was Bud the parrot's pet parent. So it turns out that although Bud, who is a very talkative African gray, witnessed the killing, but Bud's testimony was not used in court. A state prosecutor did try to use Bud's phrases as evidence at the trial, but the judge dismissed it because uh, after the killing, they had proof. Bud was recorded saying, don't blanking shoot, but the blanking was another word. The victim's mother says that Bud the parrot picks up everything and anything that is said and also adds that he has, quote, got the filthiest mouth around. <laughs> now, it's the most wonderful time of year. Hard to think August, right? But it's going to be, especially if you're a fan of Garfield the Cat, who will be lighting up the holiday season this year with all of his Garfieldness in a musical with some new friends, being the Nutcracker, Ragdoll, Teddy Bear, and Angel, who sits on top of a tree. And they will all work together to bring light to Garfield's Christmas. The show opens December 2nd in Illinois and then travels on to Indiana, Mississippi, Florida, New York, and New Jersey. I love Garfield. I love lasagna. I too. <laughs> I'm Lori Brooks. I love lasagna, too. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. Hi friends, this is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. After a traumatic experience at the veterinary office, have you ever thought to yourself, there has to be a better way? When your veterinarian is fear-free certified, you'll find your pet's vet visit is safer, more comfortable, and actually enjoyable. Your dog will go from shaking in the lobby to pulling you into the exam room with a wagging tail, and your cat will be purring inside the carrier. To find a certified fear-free veterinary near you, go to fearfreepets.com. Hi everybody, this is Frankie Avalon, and I love animal radio. Keep listening. It's Animal Radio. Every year about this time, we partake in SuperZoo, which is the industry's largest pet product show. We always look for the newest and coolest pet gadgets, and we have giveaways for you. We'll be doing that for the next five weeks right here on Animal Radio. This week, Judy is uh, she's playing with a leash now called, what pretty? is it, the Flowfold Leash? It's it's, very- yeah, it's the Flowfold Trailmate Dog Leash. And what makes this leash different than any other leash? Well, first of all, it's very pretty. It's it is very, very attractive. pretty. I'll hold the, it up to the microphone. That was the first thing I noticed was the, the colors on it. They're multicolors. And I guess they have they come in a variety of multicolors. So this one has got red and it looks purple dark purple. And, and Yeah, it's very pretty the way it's woven. But then when you feel it, it's like, wow, this is a real tough, sturdy leash. And it... And I bunched it up, and it doesn't get, like, tangled in a knot where you got to stand there and try to untwist it. it. It's kind of tangle-free. And I thought, okay, just what is this leash made out of? It turns out it's made out of reclaimed scraps of sterling rope. 
Now, if you want to know what sterling rope is. I have no idea. Well, if you were a climber, you'd know what <laughs> sterling rope is. It's one of the toughest ropes that climbers use. Oh, okay. To climb mountains that doesn't, you know, it won't break and it's, it'll, you know, I don't know if a dog that can break that or tear that I up. I can't imagine a dog that could actually break I this. know. So it's reclaimed scraps of this that they've turned into dog leashes. They've repurposed it instead of this going into the landfill. They've repurposed this rope into a dog leash that's really tough. It has a big brass clip on it. It's it's a very attractive leash and very tough. I'd like to see a dog chew through this. Yeah, I don't I don't think you would. It's uh, it looks like you could pull a car with it. Yeah, I bet you could. I mean, it doesn't look <laughs> oh, like it God. would. Yeah, but it's it's very pretty. It's very attractive and. Like I say, the big clip on it, it's very sturdy. It's a very nice, it's a five-foot leash. And it's new this year at SuperZoo. And let's go ahead and give one away right now. Toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. Hi, it's Alan Cable. Glad you're here. Me and this lady get in a conversation, and she says, you know, I'm thinking of getting a puppy. What's the most important thing I should do? You know, after I bring the puppy home. And I said, well, the answer might surprise you. Make sure your puppy makes as many friends as possible. You take that puppy out and introduce him to people all over the place. At least a couple of hundred people. And as many dogs as possible. You know, friendly dogs. It has to be a pleasant experience. That's the most important thing. Make sure your puppy's having fun meeting all these new people and all these new other dogs. You can go to a park on Saturday where there's lots and lots of people. Have yourself a bag full of treats. Treats for the dog, not you. You can have yours later. Ask people that come by to just stop, say hi to your puppy, and give him a treat. Experts call this socialization. And if you look around, you'll see that there are classes for you and your new puppy given by experienced people. You'd be amazed how much you can learn about how dogs communicate with each other, how you can best communicate with yours. You can even learn the right way to play with your puppy. I know what you're thinking, but when it comes to puppies, there are bad ways of doing things and there are good ways of doing things. And if you're going to go get yourself a dog or a puppy to bring home, you owe it to both of you to get great education. We research lots of things we buy. Find out all about them so we can get the best price and make sure that they're right for us. Well, why wouldn't you do the same when you're about to bring home something that's alive? Something that's going to depend on you and probably be your best friend for the next 12 to 15 years. A lot of folks don't put much thought into bringing home a puppy. They're more concerned with color and breed, how the dog looks. But the real important thing to be focused on is knowing what to expect, how dogs act, how they communicate. You want to have a good relationship with your dog, so you're going to have to learn to speak his language because let's face it, he's not learning ours. Oh, I see people every day that think their dog knows what they're saying, but trust me, he does not. Anyway, I love seeing happy people and happy dogs, and the key to that, well, knowledge is power. Get as much information as you can, read as much as you can, and then bring home your puppy. Dogs or cats. Horse or emu, animals are people too. I know this sounds crazy, but in the future, you might be searched by wasps at the airport. And I mean those little flying, stinging, bee-like insects. Hard to believe, but wasps can be trained to respond to the smell of explosives and drugs. They're cheaper than a dog to train, which can cost up to $15,000 for six months of training. How would it work? The wasps can be contained in a pipe-like device attached to a computer which would read their reactions to smells. They work for 48 hours and then they're turned loose to live out the remainder of their life, which is only about two to three weeks. It's only in the beginning stages, but this sting operation looks very promising. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. 
Hey, this is John Sally, and you are listening to Animal Radio. Go vegan. All dogs should eat a pH-balanced alkaline diet. An alkaline diet reduces health risks and can also reduce scratching, shedding, and hot spots. So does this mean you need to check your dog's pH balance? No, because canine caviar has created the first and only alkaline dog food that is pH-balanced. It also has the highest metabolized calories. What does this mean? Your dog needs to eat less. Get a healthier dog and save money with Canine Caviar products. Find them at your local pet supply store or online at caninecaviar.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. And if you're like me, which I gather you are, except for the uh, the bad breath, you probably love your pets, and you want to take them just about everywhere you possibly can. Well, they're family members. And let's say you were going to get married, hypothetically, uh-huh. uh, or practically. Wouldn't you want your pet to be there, your dog to be there with you? Maybe even a ring bearer. Yeah, part of the wedding part of the ceremony. ceremony, yes. And this is exactly what Christian Hedrick has in mind. She's with the Morris Animal Inn, which is in Joyzy, Morristown, Joyzy. Is that correct? That is correct. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. How are you? Very good. So tell us what you do. You're sort of a, uh, a wedding concierge for dogs? Yes, that is correct. So oh. we started offering a wedding chauffeur um, and concierge service um, for weddings in our area. And, and what does that exactly mean? Sure. So what we can include um, with that is a spa day preparation for the pet in our <laughs> grooming salon. Um, so while the bride is getting pampered and pretty ready for her big day, um, we can do the same for their pet. So we get them all ready, um, photo ready for the big day, and then we transport them safely um, with a professional or hi- professional handler in tow um, to the wedding venue. Yeah, and I got to admit, you know, when you're getting married, you're kind of always thinking about all the other, the things that are going on, and you're juggling a lot of balls, and, and including the fact that you're getting married. So it's kind of to have to worry about the dog is kind of overwhelming. So you actually have a personal handler which will take care of the dog that day. Absolutely. It's it's a lot of peace of mind for the bride. Um, you know, there's no need to worry about finding a family member or a friend to bring and look after their pet on the big day. Or what could be worse is maybe asking someone who's not invited uh. <laughs> uh, to tag along. So that's kind of where we step in and really just give that peace of mind that we're there um, to really just solely be looking after the pet for the day. Sure. How popular is this service? It's been very popular. Um, we started um, advertising this and, and putting it into um, use the and towards the end of last year, I would say about fall, um, and we've had a lot of interest, um, a lot of brides who are looking to go really over the top to really involve um, their pets in their big day. Um, so we're getting many, many phone calls, um, and especially throughout um, this year, um, really booking up on different events throughout the year for the brides. Now, is it just dogs, or have there been any other requests for any other type of animals? It's just dogs for now, um, but we could always see where that takes us. And what happens to the animal after the ceremony? Does the bride and groom take them on the honeymoon? (laughs) (laughs) So, again, that's where we kind of step in. They actually, the pet returns to um, our facility, and we provide luxury lodging accommodations and activities. So it could just be for that night, the wedding night. Um, however, it could also be if they are going immediately onto their honeymoon, um, the, the dogs themselves get a little bit of a honeymoon vacation too. So we have that all set up and ready to go for them, depending on what they're looking for. 
You know, it's so funny. I mean, who would have thought 30 years ago that there would be jobs like this? It's really amazing. <laughs> so what would you say the strangest request you've had? Sure. So some of the brides have told us that they absolutely will not book their venue without the ability to include their fur baby. Sure. Um, so in actually meeting with several of the venues and getting close with some of the maitre d's, um, they've actually had to alter some of their... Um, policies and procedures to make sure that they're accommodating these brides. And we've had the feedback from the venues saying that with a service like ours, it's made it more possible for them to accommodate these brides who are really just going over the top, you know, and wanting the dog as the ring bearer or the dog as the flower girl. Um, we even had a, a best dog, like the a best man, um, <laughs> who was up at the altar, and he actually got a little bit um, vocal during his mom's vows. <laughs> Uh, so we were actually standing by, you know, making eye contact. Do we need to jump in? Let us know. But the bride and the guests loved it. It was the best part of her ceremony. She loved that the dog was participating in her vows. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you could imagine how much that meant for her. And it was, a, it was a, a very heartfelt moment for us, too, to be able to make sure that that moment happened for her. So what's the, mes the most memorable pet in a wedding that you've ever had, it, you know, that focused on the pet? A pet did something or stood out other than this dog being vocal with the vows? Definitely. He's definitely one of the top. But I would also say we had another pair um, of dogs that were together for uh, a wedding. Um, and after the wedding, they, you know, they came out, they... Uh, finished the ceremony, and we were standing on the outside um, while the bride and groom and their bridal party set up for a receiving line. Um, well, the concierge actually was standing off to the side in a side room, and somehow, because of the of the dogs, they really kind of stepped out and wanted to be a part of this receiving line. <laughs> so we, we ended up having two dogs as part of the receiving line, kisses and all, uh, but it was it was definitely a great moment. Now, do they wear special attire? Yes. A lot of the brides actually come with a plan, of course, in place. Uh, so they do come with special leashes and collars. They may have bow ties or little dresses. Um, so it really could be anything from as simple as just a special collar or a, an elaborate outfit. <laughs> Besides just doing this, you're a spa, salon, hotel for animals year-round. Uh, which is kind of interesting in itself. Sure. So on average throughout the year, we typically see about 100 dogs and cats uh, per night. Wow. Um, per night? Per, per night. night. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but that can certainly vary, um, you know, especially around our holiday times or especially, you know, right now in the summertime, you know, a lot of families are going on vacations. Um, so that tends to fluctuate. But I would definitely say that we, we tend to see on average a, a, about 75 to 100 per night. That's uh, amazing. I want to work there. Yeah. Oh, it's so much fun. You'll have to come visit us. Definitely. <laughs> if people want to learn more, where do they go online? Sure. So they can learn more about all of our services, including our wedding concierge service at www.morrisanimalin.com. Wonderful. Kristen, thank you so much for hanging with us today. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks for calling me. We're going to head back to the phones for your calls toll-free at 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. This is Glenn Close on Animal Radio, urging you to spay or neuter your pet. Admit it. You love your dog, and he is part of the family. So when choosing your next vacation, don't forget Fido. With just a little planning, the entire family can enjoy a road trip. To find the best vacation spot for Spot, subscribe to Fido Friendly. 
the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog, where each issue includes hotel and destination reviews, where both you and Fido are welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and find out what all the barking's about. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten free. Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. This hour on Animal Radio, we're focusing on your veterinarian. Because why? Because they are people too. That's why. Uh, hard to believe. We go to them, we think they're miraculously godlike and they can cure your animals, but they are, uh, you know, they've gone to school and everything, but they don't have any magic powers, unfortunately. And sometimes we we let it out. We, we get upset with our veterinarians. And this is something that I really want to talk about a little later on because they're under a lot of pressure. Imagine having to deal with sick animals all day long and, and actually have to put some of these animals down. Yeah, veterinarian lives matter. They they really do. Yes. Uh, Thank but, you, guys. That's It's wonderful to hear that. Yes. The, the survey shows us that 25% of males and 36% of females in the veterinary medicine world have experienced depressive episodes. They get really depressed. And a high percentage of them have thought about suicide, and have taken their lives. Wow. I can think of a few just right off the top of my head that I know of that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you think they're uh, on top of the world. On top of the world, have a great job. They're, you know, well-known, and they should be set for life. They're, not, not have it all. Not always the case. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I think about our show, and I think about the veterinarian on our show, Dr. Debbie, she's always smiley, always cheery. But you don't see me when I'm in my bad mood. <laughs> Well, I've been told to stay away when you're in a bad mood. Just ask my husband. He'll tell you. Yeah. He's like, there's a look I give. <laughs> but, you know, and I think you know, we all as people just have to figure out what it takes to recharge, to to find that peace and that balance within. And, and veterinarians struggle with that. You know, we, we hide a lot of this because it is. Nobody talks about it. Mm. Pioneering the research, Dr. Elizabeth Strand. She's a licensed social worker at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville, and she'll be talking with us in just a few minutes all about this. Uh, so there you go. And we're also going to be going to the phones for your calls, for your animals. But you got to treat Dr. Debbie real nice. Okay. <laughs> 1-866-405-8405. Despite whatever news she has to deliver, she's don't shoot the messenger. She's just trying to help. Uh, Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? There are some incredible apartment buildings now that are pet pampering friendly. I mean, they are so, it's almost over the top, but, you know, it's going to get, Better and better because millennials are just, you know, going to be raising pets as children. So um, we did some research on some of these incredible apartment buildings, rental units for pets and their families. Hmm. I cannot wait to hear that. I'm sure a lot of them are in, like, New York. Some New York, some Chicago, but just, um, oh, my gosh. I, I would be in heaven. There are actually some people who aren't pet friendly who who want to move there and say, 
uh, how many dogs are in this building? You know, like, <laughs> like it's a bad thing. <laughs> Go somewhere else. But they're working things out. Just incredible, incredible offerings out there. Okay. I, I can just imagine like a new development, a pet-friendly development that there's there's a housing set up and there's like dog pools in the middle, you know, a community dog pools and make a whole thing with a whole residential just for animals where people can live. You'd have to screen the people though. Yes, you yes. would. Because, Absolutely. you know, you'd have a bunch of people that hopefully would be responsible, but you're going to have those irresponsible people leave the poop behind yeah. or don't clean yeah. up. So I would have extensive human screening. <laughs> I don't know if you remember last year we talked to that lady who uh, put up a sign in her, her uh, uh, she's a landlord. Oh, yeah. And she said, you must have oh, yeah. a pet. Only people you must with have pets. pets. Yes. Yeah, you must have a right. pet. Have, have and a if pet. you don't, I'll go with you and we'll get you a pet yeah, if you, you want to live here. That's my kind of landlord. Yeah. <laughs> Which line are we going to, Judy? Let's go to line two. 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by VetraScience. Summer's here. You're excited. We're all excited. The dog, he seems pretty excited, except, you know, when there's fireworks and lightning and all kinds of big noises, sometimes they get kind of anxious, and no one likes to see their furry best friend trembling in the corner. That's where Composure Supplement Chews from VetraScience comes in. Hi, Kim. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Very good. Where are you? I'm in Alexandria, Virginia, so I'm in the Washington, D.C. area. Okay. And what's up with you today? Oh, well, I adopted this um, beautiful male Maine Coon from a family about a year ago. They had to give him up because they had a baby who he was trying to assert his dominance in the household, and he was starting to attack the baby. So mm. oh, clearly gosh. the infant had to come first, and so they had to give him up, and I adopted him. Um, and he's a healthy, happy, well-adjusted cat in every way except he chews everything like a puppy and he's destroyed hundreds of dollars of worth of stuff it's Mm. furniture Mm. clothing cables plastic metal i mean it's in the night you choose metal yes metal metal hangers from the um a dry cleaner i mean i've never it's like he's I don't know what's going on with him. I'm just close to calling a pet psychic or something because I cannot <laughs> figure it out. And I've used well, that's the bitter avenue. <laughs> the bitter chew spray didn't work. Tin foil didn't work. Um, um, pe- pepper paste from the um, you know uh, Indian curry, the hot pepper paste that didn't work. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a cat here. I just yeah. want to make sure. Okay. He's a he's a Maine Coon, and I asked his vet, and the vet said, "Well, the breed, you know, they tend to be kind of mouthy." And I said, "Well, that doesn't really help me." As um, you walk in with your clothes all chewed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's incredible. He's he's destroyed all kinds of stuff. And I okay. don't know what to do about it because I'm worried about him getting hurt. I left um, a wood coat hanger, one of the thick, nicer kind, and he chewed up one whole end of it and had little splinters in his mouth. Oh, yeah. I was and just going to so, ask you if he's been eating any of these things, if he actually chews to no, for the purpose of ingesting it? Nope. It's strictly, it's, it's just, it's like somebody chewing gum. He's just chewing on it, um, mm-hmm. teething. Yeah, and, and I would say that when your vet said that, you know, some cats have a higher, like, an oral need to chew, that is true. And um, with what you've got going on, there's really a couple things that I would suggest to try to manage through this. And the biggest thing is um, that, um, oh, I, I forgot to ask you, Kim, does your kitty stay inside or out to go outside? He's 100% indoor, and I work very long hours, um, but... Mm-hmm. 
I mean, he sleeps most of the day, and um, again, he's, you know, personality-wise and temperament, he's actually, he's very well adjusted. He's also really spoiled. I don't know if I'm enabling <laughs> bad behaviors, probably. Well, for an indoor kitty, um, and especially if you are working long hours, then some of this type of behavior, for cats to chew, we're not, you know, you don't hear about this a lot, but some cats do this just like dogs do, kind of as a soothing, kind of a, um, you know, gives them some kind of sense of calm. So, you know, there may be that kind of oral need to chew on things, and it may just be he's bored. Um, so part of my prescription for you is going to be we're going to need to really set up some established activity and play sessions for him. And um, for a cat that were fighting something like this, I would prescribe at least three to four play sessions a day where we are doing something active, you know, cat dancer toys, um, kind of things where we make him jump and run around or, you know, chase you around the house, things like that, because we have to get his level of activity up. Um, you know, a tired pet is one that's less likely to have some uh, behavioral problems. And it's okay. kind of hard to make a cat run in a treadmill, <laughs> but that's the, the basic thing we got got to get him something else to do and something else to focus on during his day. Um, Some ways that we can do that um, when you're not around and try to help kind of feed that need to chew is to give him things that make him work for um, a treat. Um, So rather than just kind of put food out for him, I would, you know, kind of make it a little bit more challenging for him. They they do have certain uh, like Kong toys, certain kind of uh, rubberized toys where there's food inside and you can hide treats and hide food in there. We want to make it kind of almost like a little uh, Rubik's Cube kind of puzzle where we have to kind of stimulate his mind and his activity in order to get some uh, food items. Um, and, and then there are some places we can redirect this, um, like um, the kitty grass that you can grow. Um, I would say, you know, I would line your sills with it and grow it for this boy because, you know, if he likes to chew on things, that's something we can direct him to. And then some of the safer things like paper bags, uh, you know, those would be a good alternative, um, not as likely to be damaging, um, but where you can provide that for him to hide in, play in. And if he chews on a paper bag, no big deal. Okay. <laughs> um, and I then I the problem is. I'm sorry, I was going to say part of the problem is he is unusually intelligent. I've grown up with lots of pets, um, cats, dogs, bunnies, you know, turtles, you name it. And I've never had a pet in in my whole life that is as highly intelligent as Cosmo. And that's part of the problem is he's constantly outsmarting me. That definitely sounds, if that's his personality, you know, it is. It's kind of like having a kid in a class below their ability and their level. You know, there's just nothing to do, so they may get bored and kind of start a trouble in class. So, yeah, and and definitely, you know, work on, you know, getting him active, um, getting those uh, substitute treats out. And, you know, I've even had a cat or two that I've trained to uh, rawhide shoes as an acceptable alternative. How do you how do you get them to do that cuz I got him some rawhide treats and he could care less. He wasn't remotely interested and then he got my shoes and tore those apart. <laughs> Yeah. Um, first, I take the rawhide and I soak part of it in uh, water, just okay. so it kind of gets kind of mushy and slimy, and then offer that as an alternative uh, for okay. the chewing behavior. Um, and you can't, every cat won't go to it, but if he likes chewing on wood and uh, metal, um, you know, hopefully that will be an acceptable alternative. And, and it might be, you know, he is so smart that we might have to make really fun games for him as ways to find food and treats in the house. Um, so that might be something to really kind of think about what might work in your home situation where you can kind of give him some little surprises and you got to mix 
it up because cats will figure it out, and um, you got to keep it fresh all the time. Oh, this is a lot of work. <laughs> oh my god! That's what everybody always says with these. <laughs> but isn't it worth it? It, it? They are worth it. I just, you know, I had a wonderful Maine Coon that I had adopted before, and he was a senior cat, and so he, of course, was very mellow and sedate. And this is a very feisty, incredibly bright, active young Maine Coon, and it's just, oh, it's like having a kid around. <laughs> it's an active kid. <laughs> well, thanks for calling today. Thank you. Thank you for the advice. I will give the rawhide and the other um, planned activities a try and see how it goes. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. Let this summer be stressless for your pets with the help of Composure by VetraScience. From Glycoflex to multivitamins, your pets will thank you for VetraScience supplements. And I thank VetraScience for underwriting Animal Radio. Dogs gotta go potty. Sometimes work, traffic, or bad weather get in the way. Introducing Brilliant Pad, the self-cleaning potty pad that automatically replaces a soiled pad with a clean, fresh one. Brilliant Pad seals in waste, locks away odor, and is hands-off for weeks at a time. Then disposal is fast, easy, and clean. Brilliant Pad gives you freedom and flexibility and improves hygiene for you and your dog. So spend less time cleaning and more time loving. Go to BrilliantPad.com today. Tucker on Animal Radio. Love those pets. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the It's Animal Radio. And when you think about professions that have a higher suicide rate, you often think about dentists. I always thought that was a... I don't. Why would why do you think about a dentist? I, I People really, always say that. That's always out there. Yeah, I've never I, heard I, that yeah. before. And it was always because they're, in, they're causing pain in people's mouths. They, they I, Is what I heard. Huh. But, and but, who looks forward to going to the dentist, right? Yeah, really. Really. <laughs> honestly, who does? Uh, but you do, Judy. You, you like your dentist. I think you actually have a crush in your dentist. Which, My dentist looks like Mick Jagger. He does look like <laughs> Mick Jagger. He does. Uh, in any case, uh, this and, he's, not, and I just want to say he's never caused me any pain. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and uh, you, you see him a lot too. I got to say more than anybody else goes to the dentist. Yeah, but look at my teeth. They are beautiful. Uh, but but before we go on here, there is a profession that actually is worse than dentistry as far as the suicide rate, and it happens to be veterinarians. Wow, I'd never heard that. Would have never thought about that. No. In just wow. about ten minutes, we're going to talk to Dr. Elizabeth Strand. She's a licensed social worker, and she talks about the high suicide rate and why perhaps the veterinarians are so depressed. And that's mm-hmm. on the way in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Uh, talking about, okay, what are the most common dog names? We talk about these all the time. Bella. Max. Max. Buddy. Jax. Yes. Uh, Lucy. Um, there's a new way of naming pets these days where we can get like a, a very unique and creative name like Snuffer and Fizby. Sprinket. I love Fizby. Yes. <laughs> I mean, some cute names. They're using artificial intelligence oh really okay Mm -hmm. much better than our intelligence that's on the way (laughs) just a couple of minutes right here on animal radio uh let's go to line four hey dennis hi how you doing oh yes where are you calling from today uh southern california wildemar we're near the wine wine country down here wine down there where again wildemar wildemar is the name of the town a small town 
uh, halfway between L.A. and San Diego. Oh, okay. Very nice area. Hey, listen, what's going on with your animals today? Well, I have a, a dog here that's uh, about eight years old now, and uh, I just can't get him to stop lifting his leg and peeing on everything in sight. <laughs> <laughs> if I, you know, the other day I got, I got a UPS package. Before I could get there, he already had it soaked down for me. Uh, <laughs> oh, my and, gosh. Uh, Boy, and, that's... Uh, he's been neutered. He was okay. neutered at about eight months old. He was a rescue dog. And, uh, but ever, ever since we, we've, we had him, we got him right after he was neutered at about, uh, about eight months old and he's lifted his leg always. But, uh, but boy, it's like out of control now. <laughs> he, okay. just, he wants that's, to sign I, everything. Yeah, that's di- difficult to take that, I'll say. Now, does he mark in the house, um, predominantly or does he have? He's a guard, he's a guard dog. He's, uh, Probably three quarter, maybe more, Great Pyrenees, okay. and uh, he's a guard dog for our alpacas. Oh, so he has a job then? Yes, he does, and he does a great job at that too. He's really good at it. He's a very smart dog, and uh, coyotes come around. Boy, he's right there. Okay, so does he spend most of his time outdoors, or does he spend kind of equal inside and out? No, all the time out. He's outside all, all the time. time. <laughs> yeah, okay, he's checking the animals here. Mm-hmm. All right, so he's marking, so he has access to, like, the front of the house, the porch, things like that, where he's right. getting to he the packages. A- yeah, he has access all around the property. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow, Dennis, you know, the first thing that I'm going to say is that he's doing everything you're asking him to do, <laughs> is that he's an outside dog who has a job of protecting his uh, property and keeping those other dogs the coyotes away so he does that by his presence and by sending his scent around in the means of urine marking um it's going to be very hard for him to understand that that's what you want him to do in some situations but not when the ups guy comes around or um you know if something else comes onto his property that looks new foreign or like he has to mark his presence to that object um, does he ever urine mark on people? No, he never does that. No. No, okay. He's great with people. He's fantastic with with people and and kids especially. He just loves them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No yeah, but, and but can you see the difficulty here? Is that this is exactly what he's he knows in his life is that he yeah. has to kind of guard the property, and uh, you know I I think that unless he's going to have a major change in his lifestyle, I I don't know that we're going to be able to tell him, you know, don't mark on this particular thing. Now, unless you have a certain area that we're going to completely make off limits, Um, you know, if that's a part of the uh, the home environment that he doesn't get around the front porch, then there are ways where you can train him to not come near that, Um, but if he's got free roam, then that's really tough. (laughs) That's what I thought might, you might be telling me, but uh, <laughs> he does a good job no. at what he's supposed to be doing here, what he's hired for, right? You know. Exactly. He's earning his keep with you. So, Absolutely. So, you know, I'd tell the UPS guy to be a little bit more selective where he put those boxes and tell him that your baby is taking care of the house and home and doing his job. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio. Give me a call at 1-866-405-8405. This healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. 
Visit them over at redbarninc.com. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, everybody. This is Deborah Wilson from Mad TV, and you're listening to Animal Radio. And as my friends would say, Those big, scary storms can be terrifying for your pet, and we know that when they're stressed, so are you. Take good care of your buddy with VetraScience Composure. VetraScience Composure helps ease anxiety for pets caused by storms, travel, and owner separation. It won't sedate them, and your pets will love the taste. Also, try our Glycoflex for hip and joint health, as well as multivitamins and probiotics. Find VetraScience supplements at your local pet store, Petco, or your vet. Learn more at VetraScience.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. The PAWS Act, also known as Puppies Assisting Wounded Service Members, has been introduced on Capitol Hill by Florida Congressman Ron DeSantis, who is still active in the military. He's a lieutenant commander in the Navy Reserve. And believe it or not, this proposed legislation actually has, you don't hear these two words together anymore, bipartisan support. (laughs) Amazing. It is going to... If it passes, it'll direct the Department of Veterans Affairs or the VA to carry out a five-year pilot program that'll provide service dogs and uh, veterinary health insurance to veterans with PTSD who were active duty on or after the September 11th attacks. The $10 million pilot program could begin next year if it's passed. Now, in other news on this same kind of subject, the Center for the Human-Animal Bond at Purdue University, they are going to be partnering with Canines for Warriors, which provides service dogs to veterans with PTSD and other disorders for a clinical trial, which will analyze and then quantify the influence that service dogs have on the lives of military veterans. Previous studies suggest that people who bond with their dogs have higher levels of the hormone oxytocin, and you've probably heard that referred to as the love or cuddle hormone. But the study would also investigate claims by the National Center for PTSD that dogs can encourage veterans to communicate more through commands and training and also help them spend more time outdoors and meet new people. Pet pampering apartment buildings around the country, whoa, they are skyrocketing. And some have just awesome amenities that they're offering. The The most popular amenity in these buildings by far, though, are the dog runs. But they're not what you would expect as a typical dog run. These are dog runs inside high-rise buildings, say on the 4th or 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th floor. No need to even go down to street level, and some of them even have their own fire hydrants in them. And they have several of these dog runs. Pet parents in those buildings can take advantage of discounts on dog walking, vet and grooming services, attend monthly yappy hours for pet parents, and also access pet-geared vending machines that they have in the lobbies. And those vending machines sell things like organic oatmeal dog shampoo. 
which is about 10 bucks a pop. <laughs> but more than simply being pet friendly, these buildings really treat dogs and cats as valued residents who deserve their own perks. Uh, I found one in Chicago, and there's this building there that's got a private dog park just for the residents there. People walking by on the sidewalk can see inside the dog park, but they probably don't realize that's a private dog park. Um, some buildings advertise that they have visits from doggy treat food trucks. Isn't that cool? <laughs> wow. But it's, it's not all fun and game. I mean, they, they really keep it clean and do their thing. Some buildings utilize Poo Prints, a company you may not have heard of, but it analyzes the DNA in animal droppings so that they can track down dog owners who don't clean up after their pets. Mm. We've all stepped on a few of those. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Pet names are so important these days and so creative and very cyclical. So we're looking for something new and fresh, right? Well, there's an animal rescue in Pennsylvania that sought help from Janelle Shane, who is an artificial intelligence researcher. They wanted her to name a group of guinea pigs that they had taken in. Janelle Shane normally trains artificial neural networks to come up with names for things like paint colors or recipes and books. But lately, she's been recruited to name guinea pigs. And here's how it works. She put a list of 600 guinea pig names into the computer. And then the computer trains itself to produce more names, you know, along the lines of the ones that she put in. But because this is artificial intelligence... The computer is learning, too, and then it forms its own rules about which letters and letter combinations are the most quintessentially guinea pig names. So (laughs) the chosen names for this group of guinea pigs, Spooty, Snofer, Fizby, Sprinket, Dandy, Mumpkins, Astrano, and Holly Flope, plus one that I can't even pronounce. It's got, like, 15 letters in it. I think it's German. <laughs> Fisby. I like that. <laughs> I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. Hi friends, this is Dr. Marty Becker, America's Veterinarian. After a traumatic experience at the veterinary office, have you ever thought to yourself, there has to be a better way? When your veterinarian is fear-free certified, you'll find your pet's vet visit is safer, more comfortable, and actually enjoyable. Your dog will go from shaking in the lobby to pulling you into the exam room with a wagon tail, and your cat will be purring inside the carrier. To find a certified fear-free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. And when you hear Dr. Debbie on the air, she's always bright and cheerful. That's the kind of gal she is. But what you do is a fairly stressful job. Oh, I'd say enormously so. Yeah, there's so much that weighs on your shoulders. We want to do good. We want to you know, save our patients and help people. So what are some of the things that weigh heavily on your shoulders? 
Oh gosh, when when a case doesn't go well, um, it, you, you don't ex- escape it. You know, people sometimes think vets, you know, may not care, but it it really haunts us when we lose a patient or a case doesn't go well. Um, or just when a client expresses dissatisfaction with us, you know, we're perfectionists and, and we really want to do the best and it, it, um, kind of are our own worst enemies, I think, sometimes. Yeah. Do you get a lot of clients that just can't afford the care to keep their animal alive? Yeah, you know, so finances definitely play a big role. And, and so that kind of, you know, trying to pick correctly, it's kind of like what's behind door number one, two, or three. And if we pick the wrong door, we've spent somebody's money and that weighs on your shoulders as well. So, you know, we realize not everyone has immense resources and, and we have to be very cautious and thoughtful when we make recommendations um, if we have to, you know, keep finances into into check. You know, I read a statistic, and this is a shocking statistic, one that I never knew before. Maybe you already do know about it. Veterinarians are taking their own lives at a rate four times the general population. What? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I'm shocked. I thought that was dentists. I thought, but Dennis? apparently, yeah, I did too. yeah, no, we've surpassed that. And, you know, I think it's the dirty little secret that veterinarians don't like to talk about, you know, outside of our veterinary group. So I, I'm glad wow. that it is getting some attention and, you know, hopefully we can get um, some light shed upon that. We have joining us Dr. Elizabeth Strand. She's a licensed social worker and a clinical professor uh, at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. Welcome, doctor. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. Thank you for having me. So what is this all about? I mean, this is a shocking statistic. Yes, it is. It's very concerning. And I think that um, it is true that there is consciousness raising about the fact that veterinarians experience stress and that it does take an impact and toll on their mental health. It's not just about uh, wonderful puppies and kittens. A, a lot of times when I tell people that statistic, they say, what? I never thought about that. And then once they take a moment and reflect on um, end-of-life issues that veterinarians face every day and the fact that pets are members of the family, they'll step back and they'll say, yeah, I can get that. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Well, you, you, a lot of times veterinarians have to spend time euthanizing animals to put them out of their misery. Is that something that uh, relates to them? They, they feel that if they can euthanize themselves, they, they put themselves out of their pain? Well, there's been a little bit of curiosity and research um, about that, and frankly, there's not a good answer yet in terms of why there might be a higher rate among veterinarians. I think proximity to um, the means is something that is common among all medical professionals. And then, as you say, for veterinarians, it's a possibility that um, since euthanasia is a standard practice that happens, that it might be... Um, a more comfortable uh, idea. Um, but again, there's no clear research about that. There is some evidence that there is a positive relationship between the number of euthanasias that a veterinarian does uh, in a week and experiences of depression. Um, and uh, But however, uh, when veterinarians conduct 11 uh, euthanasias in a week, their risk for suicide seems to go down. Um, so that was a curiosity. Hmm. Now, are these veterinarians that have taken their lives, are they using the means available to them as a veterinarian, or are they using means that the general population uses? That's a great question, and, and um, I think that there's current research looking at death records to determine that, um, and also 
get a sense of what the actual rate is uh, in this country. The statistics about um, four times as high as the general population actually comes out of some research done at the uni- um, in the UK, in England. Um, we do have similar findings here in the United States, but um, we're questioning uh, the actual rate. Um, the answer to the question about means, I definitely anecdotally have heard many, many stories of veterinarians as well as veterinary nurses uh, utilizing euthanasia fluid for um, wow. uh, their means of taking their life. It's quite sad. Yeah. We're with Dr. Elizabeth Strand, and she is telling us about uh, the high suicide rate in veterinarians. We're going to have some more questions for her coming up. Stick around. We can't tell you why canine caviar is the only alkaline-based dog food, but we can tell you alkaline is proven to minimize the risk of renal failure and pancreatitis, reduce scratching, cellular degeneration, and disease, keeping your furry friend youthful and healthy longer. And those are the reasons we can fit into this short commercial. But by visiting caninecaviar.com, you'll see exactly what we do to make a better food for your dog. Try the one and only alkaline dog food risk-free. Canine Caviar. We are with Dr. Elizabeth Strand. She's a licensed social worker and associate clinical professor at the University of Texas in Knoxville, University of Tennessee in Knoxville. I'm sorry, I get that messed up. I don't know what it is. She is, a, it's a very serious subject. She's telling us a little bit about veterinarians, which take their lives at a rate four times the general population. Wow, that's hard to believe. One of the first uh, mental health surveys in the U.S. Shows that one in six veterinarians may have actually considered suicide. What is being done to prevent this kind of stuff? Well, first of all, thank you for having this conversation today. And I think more and more these conversations are happening. And um, there are Facebook pages where uh, veterinarians are uh, supporting each other and coming out to express their experience of mental illness and suicidal feelings. Many, many of the large uh, veterinary organizations like the American Veterinary Medical Association, the American Animal Hospital Association, and, and many of the other veterinary associations are engaging in um, online learning, online support groups, um, and uh, certainly at the veterinary educational level, um, there are mental health professionals in probably every uh, veterinary college now teaching about mental illness, mental health, and protecting one's wellness. So there is a big positive effort, um, and you all are part of it by talking about it today. Doc, I shared um, um, information on social media. There was recently a kind of a negative uh, post put by a veterinarian, basically kind of finger pointing at the general population and clients as being part of the problem. And I shared it just kind of for raising the topic to discuss, um, not so much to agree with the point, but I was I found I had clients writing to me saying, we love you, Dr. Debbie. And it wasn't like a way I was trying to reach out for help and support, but I thought, gosh, you know, People don't always know that the veterinarian on the other side of the table is really struggling with a lot of things, finances, um, maybe home life issues, um, you know, their expectations at work, um, all of that stuff. So I thought for some of my clients, I think they went, wow, I never thought of this before. Yeah, I think that is a huge uh, issue that um, I think will make a big difference in this problem, which is raising awareness of pet owners that... Um, their veterinarians struggle with stress and that when they say out of grief and anger mean things to the veterinarians that uh, like you only care about money 
or mm, if you don't yeah. if you if you don't save my cat, you might as well euthanize me too. These comments uh, go to the heart of of a very um, dedicated uh, medical professional. And um, once the general public, I think, starts to see their veterinarians as human beings and not just this endless source of compassion, <laughs> but actually veterinarians that need to take care of themselves and go home and exercise and say no sometimes, I think the general public can have a wonderful influence in, in showing their compassion and support for their veterinary professionals. You know, is there any kind of study been done on the type of people that become veterinarians? Are they people who might be predisposed to having depression or is that why they go into that business as opposed to working with people? There's a little bit of research looking at some of the traits. Like we heard earlier that veterinarians tend to be perfectionistic and I have found that to be true over my um, 17 years working with this honorable profession. Um, Very perfectionistic and also very, very caring. But I also did a research study because I got asked this question a lot and we looked at a concept called ACEs, which is Adverse Childhood Events. Um, adverse childhood events are things that happen to people before the age of 18 that set them up for worse physical and mental health. And these things fall into categories like abuse, neglect, and family problems like having a mom or dad with a mental illness or domestic violence. There was actually not a higher rate of um, ACEs in the childhood histories of the veterinary students that we surveyed in six veterinary colleges But what was different was that our veterinary students had almost twice as high of a rate of having a parent or caregiver with a mental illness than the general population. So although the number of adverse experiences that they had were not different, they did seem to come from families that had a a mental health issue inside it. So we're going to do some more research to see if that bears out uh, in other in other research studies. All very interesting there, Doctor. I thank you for spending time with us today. Thanks for having me. You think about it. When you go to your veterinarian, you really you're asking them to to help you your pet with your pet. You put a lot. There's a lot of pressure on them. So I guess mm-hmm. I'm going to be a little easier on my vet now. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. You, well, you know, she she brought up a great point. People don't always think of your veterinarian as a human. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're we're a medical professional. I have to share a really horrible story. I had um, a client um, get upset with me, and um, it was at a time. When it, you know, she was requiring a lot of my uh, time and back and forth, and I, I just told her, "Sit." Honestly, I said, "I'm so sorry. I do have to leave. Um, I, you know, I, I have a personal issue right now." And she's like, "How dare you?" And she was like, "Giving me the riot act." And that was the day we had to put my dog to sleep. Oh, and wow. um, I tried to avoid oh. saying that. And then when I said, "I'm so sorry," you know, I I had to take care of my pet and euthanize my pet um, unexpectedly at this time. And she's like, "I don't care. You're a professional." You're supposed to take care of animals. You're supposed to be above that. And I was just dumbfounded. (laughs) My jaw fell down. So I think it's that kind of perception that, you know, we just appreciate people knowing that, yeah, we have things as well, um, family issues, um, well, that you know, kind all of, sorts of things. That kind of person's not going to be happy with anybody anyhow anyway, <laughs> no matter what. Thank you for bringing this to our attention. Well, we are flush out of time right here. Listen, if you missed any part of the show, you can go back and listen online at animalradio.pet or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry, an app you should have anyway, because if there's ever a recall for uh, like food, maybe the food that you're feeding your animals, you'll know immediately through notifications on your smartphone. So download the Animal Radio app. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here. Bye-bye. Bye. Not saying goodbye. Just going to say group hug for Dr. Debbie, everyone. Oh, yes,
Animal Radio Network. Network.